Hello and welcome. My name is Sophia Besch and you're listening to the CER podcast. Hello. Yesterday, Emmanuel Macron, the 39-year-old leader of the political movement En Marche, won the French presidential election against the right-wing Front National candidate Marine Le Pen with a final vote of 66.06% to 33.94%. I'm here with Ian Bond, the foreign policy director of the CER, to get his analysis on what the French election means for France, for Europe, for Britain, the US, Russia and the future of liberalism. Thanks for being on the podcast, Ian. My pleasure. So let's jump right in. First, what does this election mean for France? Um, supporters would say that Macron won this election on the promise of reform and a commitment to Europe. He's a pro-EU, pro-immigration liberal. But critics say that he won by virtue not of who he is, but who he isn't. He is not Marine Le Pen. Is that enough to unite France behind him? Clearly, that wouldn't on its own be enough to unite France. But one has to remember that he's come through two rounds. So he's already um, brought together a significant coalition of uh, voters from the centre-left, the centre-right. So uh, I think he will start with a lot of goodwill. Uh, this is a, a victory by pretty much um, two to one. So I think he will have a strong mandate to start off with. What are the reforms that he should push in his first few months in office then? Where should his priorities be? He's got to try to kickstart the French economy. Uh, the French economy has been in the doldrums for quite a long time and it's gone from being pretty much in harness with the German economy a few years ago to lagging some distance behind it. Uh, unemployment is quite high, growth is quite low and uh, so Macron will want to do something pretty quickly to show that he is getting a grip on that and in his initial remarks he's particularly pointing to people who feel left out, people who are angry at the way that uh, their country has gone over recent years and he will want to tackle issues like uh, youth unemployment, like the parts of the country which have suffered from deindustrialization over 20 or 30 years. In order to do that, he's going to need a parliament. And the first big challenge for Macron, as many have pointed out, will be the parliamentary elections in June. He'll want the support of parliament for the prime minister he selects, but without a well-oiled party machine, that will be difficult. And of course, his movement on Marche, which he founded only a year ago, currently does not yet have any seats in Parliament. What do you think, Ian? Can he achieve a majority? I think it will be difficult for En Marche to achieve a majority on its own. Uh, but in France, as in other places, um, power attracts. And I would uh, guess that he will pick up quite a lot of um, support from other parties who are broadly sympathetic to to his program and who also see that France needs to reform itself. I think the, the interesting question is going to be actually whether Marine Le Pen can increase the representation of the Front National in the Assemblée because uh, so far it has been rather underrepresented. It suffered at the legislative election level from the same problem that Marine Le Pen has, herself has just suffered from, which is to say that most other parties unite against the Front National in the second round of elections. Uh, but maybe this time, building on the fact that she won uh, a high level of support 
and building on the um, the slightly different way in which the uh, legislative elections are held in France, maybe she will be able to increase the uh, the number of seats that her party has in in the Assemblée this time. Yes, she's already announced a reform, an internal reform of her party, I believe. So it'll be interesting to see whether that wins her any favours. Well, it, it will indeed be interesting to see that because the Front National has been something of a coalition between um, more uh, economically liberal forces and more um, uh, state-oriented uh, economic policies and with a dose of social conservatism in some parts of the party and social liberalism in other parts of the party. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see whether it's a reorganization or a purge which she has in mind. Of course, this election, as any election for the French electorate, was about domestic issues, but it also has effects on other countries. So let's turn to the UK for a bit. What does a French President Macron mean for Theresa May's Brexit negotiations? There was much speculation in the British press over this. On the one hand, Macron seems to be an Anglophile, but on the other hand, he has indicated a hard line on Brexit. How do you see that playing out? There, there is plenty for Theresa May to worry about. He may be an Anglophile, but first and foremost, he is the President of France and he will be defending the interests of France. And for the reasons that we've just mentioned about the legislative elections, he may also have to deal with a, a coalition in effect if he wants to get some of his own reforms through. And I think it's quite interesting to look at the party programme of En Marche, which talks about giving preference in public procurement to companies that are based in the EU Uh, to controlling foreign investment in the EU and to um, incorporating in free trade agreements a strand of um, what he describes as binding social and environmental clauses. So trying to make sure that countries that are outside the EU nonetheless have to abide by EU regulations in uh, social protection or environmental protection if they want to have access to the to the European market. And I think that's going to be quite problematic for Theresa May, who is trying to say, well, you know, we're going to be free to set our own rules. Looking beyond Europe, Trump has quite strongly backed Le Pen in the run-up to this election. How do you think he can work with Macron? The first meeting that they have, I presume, will be at the NATO summit. And that will be crucial. If if Trump um, blusters and uh, sticks to his line that the person who is strongest on border control and cracking down on Islamist radicalism uh, should really be in charge of France, then clearly they're not going to get off to a very good start. Uh, but what we've seen so far from Trump in his meetings with Xi Jinping and others is that he talks tough before the meetings take place uh, but he's actually a pussycat when he is in a room with his uh, his guest so it will be interesting to see whether the um, the encounter with Macron follows the same pattern 
and whether actually Trump emerges to announce that uh, Macron has got some great ideas and they're going to work together on uh, uh, transatlantic trade or whatever. I, I mean, it seems to me that there are many reasons why this relationship could go, go quite badly. Uh, but I don't think we should assume that Trump will behave to Macron as president in the way that he behaved or, or uh, with the partiality that he showed when Macron was a candidate. Right, let's turn to Russia and the Kremlin. What implications, if any, does the election of Emmanuel Macron have for the future of the EU-Russia relationship? Well, Putin clearly backed Marine Le Pen. Uh, there were Russian financial interests helping the Front National. Uh, there were suggestions that Macron's campaign had been hacked by Russian interests. So it seems to me quite unlikely that Macron will launch a great reset of relations with Russia it's more likely that he will work closely with Angela Merkel to keep the pressure on Russia over its behavior in Ukraine, over Syria and, and other issues. And I think it may turn out to be a miscalculation on the part of Putin to uh, put the, the weight of the Russian uh, state and intelligence apparatus so clearly against the eventual winner of the uh, French presidential elections. Let's turn to the EU. For Brussels, the stakes in this French election were very high. For his victory speech yesterday, Macron came onto the stage to the EU anthem, to the Ode to Joy. But what does his victory really mean for the EU? Can the enthusiasm of his campaign spill over into other countries? And perhaps you could also talk about how you expect him to work with his most important partner in the EU, the German Chancellor. The, the relationship with Angela Merkel is going to be absolutely crucial. Of course, people in Brussels will be relieved to have uh, a committed pro-European in the Elysee. But the reality is that if that uh, commitment and enthusiasm that Macron has is going to be turned into real reform in Europe, he has to have the Germans on board. And some of the ideas that he has put forward for reform of the Eurozone with a Eurozone finance minister and a Eurozone parliament of some sort, uh, those are ideas which will probably be quite problematic for the Germans. Uh, anything that implies that uh, there would be less national control over what goes on in the Eurozone I think will be difficult for Angela Merkel, particularly in an election year in, in Germany. So we'll have to see. I hope that the Germans will approach Macron's ideas with an open mind because this is the best chance that they have of giving a new impetus to the European Union, to the European economy. And it would be a great pity if they missed that through excessive focus on continued austerity and very orthodox um, German economic policies. 
Right, as we are wrapping up, finally, let me ask you a broader question. Um, political pundits and analysts are always looking to find trends, to find the wider meaning in events. And last night, as the results of the election came in, you could hear many very optimist takes about Macron's victory being the end of the illiberal populist trend that brought us Brexit and Trump, that he symbolizes a pushback and a revival of liberal politics. Do you agree with that, or are these comments overstating the meaning of Macron? It's too early to tell. Sure, Macron has won by almost two to one, but that still means that almost a third of the French population or the French voting population were willing to back an anti-European, anti-foreigner candidate. And that's not an altogether encouraging statistic. And there are those who say that if Macron is unable to reform France, if he doesn't manage to relaunch the French economy, then in five years Marine Le Pen will actually be in a much stronger position to be able to say that all the traditional neoliberal approaches have been tried and uh, what France needs is something different, nationalist, populist, uh, more um, state-oriented. So I, I think it's too early to declare victory over illiberalism in Europe, but I certainly hope that Macron uh, is at least a harbinger of uh, a better few years for France and for Europe as a whole. So cautious optimism, but no grounds for complacency yet on the day after the French election. Ian Bond, thank you very much. Thank you for listening to the CER podcast. You can find more on our website, cer.org.uk, or follow us on Twitter at CER underscore London.